1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hello and welcome to the mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Well it's been a big week for me. This the first episode of the Mentor was on last night on Channel 7. Um, and that show and that particular episode was about helping out a real estate business called was called anyway, ubiquitous realty. It's now called Morton Bay Realty. In my view a, a much more relevant name for people who live in Moreton Bay. Look, in every show, I bring in an expert, and they are experts that I know who I respect, and there are people who actually are happy to pay it forward. And this week's expert was Matt Lancashire. Matt is a real estate agent, he's an expert, and he's from the Ray White team in Brisbane. And as as far as I can remember, Matt was the lead selling agent for Ray White in Queensland, and I'm going to come back and talk to him about that in a minute. I'm going to talk with Matt about where this family business that is the ubiquitous family or now the Morton Bay family, where they were struggling, where they've, what they've been doing in relation to him, in other words, how he's been helping them, um, what he thinks about their business and you know, what it's like to actually deal with people who have only been in real estate for 18 months and who are trying to you know, go to the next level so fast. So let's get into it. Matt Lancashire, mate, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Um, how would you feel seeing uh, your mug on television last night? Mate, it was um, the greatest 12 seconds of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, that's how television gets cut up. You know, unfortunately, we've got like 42 minutes of television and uh, we've got a whole lot of stuff we've got to jam in there. That actually takes, that, that, that 42 minutes takes five full days of filming or the seven full days of filming and five full day, five full days of filming with me. And we've got to sort of jam it into 42 minutes, which is why I want you to come onto the podcast today because I really want a fuller discussion and the opportunity for those people to listen to the podcast, and this is going to go up on mentor.com.au as well. I want people to get an opportunity to listen to what the gems that someone like Matt Lancashire has got to say. So, mate, the first thing I wanted to say to you is I really appreciate you coming onto the show, and I really appreciate you doing this from Brisbane today for us on the podcast for The Mentor.
3: No worries. I actually feel really humbled. There's, you know, over 12,000 real estate agents in Queensland, and to be, you know, asked to do this is... um, something quite nice for me as well um so i'm
2: I'm very happy to be here and thanks for um having me mate you deserve it i mean you're you're matt you've just make it clear to me now clear to the people listening and there's about a hundred thousand people going to download this maybe more um you in ray white in queensland where do you rank what what's your story where have you been putting yourself in terms of sales oh it's always always in the top um one to two in the group
3: so right. it's um yeah, it's been a pretty good couple of years. So uh, for the financial year, sort of tracking over around $120 million in sales That's for the amazing. year, which is good. And how many Ray White franchises do you operate out of? I have I have two Ray White uh, franchises, one in New Farm and one in Spring Hill, all in the inner city of Brisbane. Uh, and then I also um, own uh, 50% as well of uh, a rental company living here. So we've got another two offices. So 90 staff in total
2: now. which... And people can't see you now, so um, this is just a talk, so but we, I wish I was filming this, but I can see you, and, uh, and, and you're a young man, to me, relatively speaking, you're a young man, how old are you, mate? Uh, 37. 37 years of age, got a family? I do, I have
3: two um, beautiful children, a three-year-old Monty and a uh, little girl, Lulu, who's uh, one, and a beautiful wife, who it's her birthday um, tomorrow, actually. So What's her name? Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin, so happy birthday, dear. So, we're um, throwing a big um, 30th birthday for her tonight.
2: Wow. Awesome, awesome. Well, you have a, have a good night tonight, mate. Sure. Um, well. And dear family, and I really appreciate uh, the sort of hard work, like someone at 37 years of age doing $120 million worth of sales in a pr- highly competitive market in Queensland, particularly in Brisbane. Um, you guys don't have the turnover or the population that, say, someone like New South Wales or Victoria have. So, that's a pretty awesome outcome. How did you get into real estate? Tell me the story. How did you first get into real estate? Why did you become a real estate agent? Yeah, so I finished
3: school and I wasn't the most studious types of um, people. I ended up with an OP, an overall rating of um, 16, which is ranked from 1 to 25. Um, So 25 being the worst, 1 being the best. So um, not very great. I come from a pretty um, educated family. My father's a surgeon, my brother's a surgeon as well. My sister's a teacher, and um, unfortunately, I didn't get that gene. I ended up with a more emotional intelligence than um, the book smarts, uh, which was really great for me because in our business, the book smarts um, don't it's not really relevant, um, yeah. but having the emotional side is 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 really relevant. Um, so my parents pushed me into an apprenticeship, so I became a sparky. Wow. So same as, um, same as the, as the Winpenny family up Correct. at the, the Morton Bay real estate, the, uh, the two Curtis, boys are. Yeah. Two, the boys, Eric and, and Curtis are both sparkies. Um, and I absolutely hated it. So, um, I bought a house with a mate of mine a few years ago uh, when we first finished school. So we were 18 years old and on apprentice wages, he was a boilermaker, I was a sparky. We decided to buy this house and, um, We just got by, we renovated over a few years and I employed an agent to sell it when we both decided to go overseas. And, um, let's just say it was a bit of a lacklustre event. Uh, we ended up having 150 people through our property and we set a reserve for auction and it didn't sell. Um, and to the, um, to the agent's credit, she, um, allowed me to, um, call through all the buyers, um. Um, and I ended up getting two offers on the property. We ended up selling it for what we wanted for our reserve at the auction. Um, and I decided to go overseas and came back and thought, you know what? I think I might have a crack at real estate and, um, got into it in 2006 and worked under my now business partner, Hazley Cush. And, um, we've, we've now merged our businesses and we've gone from, well, I've gone from one business to four with 90 staff. So it's been really incredible ride.
2: 37. That's, that's mad. 90 staff. 90 staff, wow. yes. Wow. So that's, a, that's a great story. And, and what's interesting is that uh, you know tradesmen can make a lot of money, generally speaking. Um, Absolutely, they especially can. Especially at the moment in the last few years with all the renos and stuff going, they're pretty much going to call their own price. But you decided to ditch the trade yep. and become a real estate agent. Is it because you thought you can do something better? Do you think, look, I can do this better than the people I've been dealing with? Or do you just think, oh, I want to get into real estate because that's where all the, those to be made?
3: Well, at the start, it was more of a, I don't have any fallback plan. It's either I go through, crawl through roofs and um, pull cables, or I give something a go. And I was a slow start as well. Um, When I, I I got into real estate at the time where there was no debit credit. So there was no wages. I was on comm only. I got myself into $40,000 credit card debt. I actually ended up getting a short-term loan to cover a credit card debt. um, And I think I was paying 18% or something on that. Um, and I just decided after a couple of years, how low does my bank account have to be until I start to do the activities that are going to generate income as a real um, estate agent, as an agent. Yeah. So it got to a point where I, um, I decided to, to, to go and look at what the best in the industry do. And I just copied them. And, yeah, and I, I
2: love that. That's, that's perfect. Cause I said that in the show, if you've got a business, a new business, especially look at the best operators in the country or in your sector and emulate them, copy them. Which is sort of why I wanted the the, the ubiquitous assembly to come and see you, and you're, you being the best in your industry. And I, look, to be honest with you, even if you'd even if you're second, thirty seven years of age, ninety people working for you, and and your your finger in a number of businesses that relate to real estate. To me, that's one of the best, probably one of the best in the country, not just best in Queensland, but certainly one of the best attitudes you can get. So. Who did you copy, mate? What, what did you did you have a, a mentor or a guru or someone you said I'm going to be like that person?
3: Oh, there was always a few people like you know I watched um, from afar, you know, and I, I think when we spoke a, f- a, a few weeks ago, James Dak was always the guy in um, in Sydney who was the man you wanted to try and Dacky. be like. And he, he texted uh, me last night actually. All oh, right, he well he me about the show, yeah. He he's he's amazing, you know. At at the time, he you'd open up the Wentworth Courier. And it would be 15 pages of James Dack before he got to any of the competition. And, you know, ran a very strong auction business, ran a very strong marketing side of his business, and obviously one of the top agents in the country. So he was always one that I had an eye on, and I always wanted to sort of get the little gems from him. Um, another really great operator down there, I'm not sure if you know, is Dean Mackey. Um, yeah. So he he runs the Lower North Shore Group for McGrath uh, uh, Real Estate And he, only a few years ago, I had a meeting with him and, um, you know, was always asking how I can change my business because I was really struggling at that point because I had, at that time I had 50 staff. I was selling, I was HR, I was mentoring, I was doing rentals, I was doing everything myself. And he said to me, you've got two options. You either need to, um, give up the selling and manage or put in a manager and sell. And that's when we decided to go back into business with my business partner, Hazley Cush. And it's been the best decision of my whole entire life.
2: Okay, the two questions come out of that then. The first question is how important is it, or how important do you reckon it was for you to actually have the balls and the guts to reach out to somebody, to ask them their advice? That's the first thing. In other words, you know, effectively reaching out to a mentor. Let's not call him a mentor, but just someone to help you out, an expert. How important is that for you? uh, it's everything
3: like to have someone that you can throw ideas against. And I'm, I'm in a fortunate position where I now have a number of people that I can do that to. Um, but having a business partner day in day out for me is something that's just amazing because we, we know our roles, every single role that we have within the business is 100% documented and we stick to those. Um, but I have a heap of other mentors, you know, I've got Dane Atherton, a, a really great real estate uh, guy, who owns Harcourt Coastal down the coast at, on the Gold Coast, amazing business. Uh, he's, I think he's got sort of 80 salespeople, uh, is about a 15 to $20 million uh, GCI business every single year and just an incredible person as well. So to answer your question, it is one of the most important factors being a business owner is having someone that you can lean on for, for information. Another, another good one is, you know, working for a company like Ray White, it's a family owned business and you can pick up the phone anytime to Brian, to Dan, to our our CFO, to our CEOs.
2: And it's just amazing. So we're we're very well supported. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, you you should sort of say that about, um, you know, your how important it was for you to be able to reach out to these people and actually how they put you on the right track and also how important it is to have a partner because I'm always one to say that partners is really important. And it, let's take that across now to um, the, the ubiquitous family um, And because when you're in a family, you have ready-made partners, assuming everybody knows what they want to do and what they're going to do and actually that there's some sort of structure around it. You've got ready-made partners. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the people you trust – the downside of that is they're not, not always going to tell you what you need to know, what you need to hear. They're not going to mm. treat you like a business partner. They might treat you like a child or a brother mm. or a sister or a father, etc. cetera. Um, we worked around with this family, we worked around actually trying to get structure for them, particularly in terms of sales, structure and the, a structure as to have their technique, you get a listing and then start selling. And I'm going to come back to it because it's something you've been helping with. But that family, how important do you think when you're in a family environment that you get the structure right? Oh, you need the structure. That's the, the most crucial part. And
3: I think when we met them the first time, uh, they had nothing. And, you know, what I think they've got from this is they actually know what their roles are and their responsibilities are within the, the business. You know, watching the show last night, you know, the bits about who's going to lead it, all of those sorts of things. Um, I think it is important that they do have a leader and that they, are, they know every role. Um, look, I... Uh, I've spent a lot of time with, with, with the family since that point. And I'll be honest, like they are amazing. Um, they're a great family. I reckon they're fantastic. And, um, you know, I think poor Steph got portrayed a little bit on, you know, you know, uh, that she was a know-all and all of that. She is a sponge. She, since that, since we, we started filming, she has been to every single training session. She texts me after she goes and implements things and she goes and sits in front of clients and she said, oh, look, I had this offer on this property and I couldn't close it. Your dialogue that you gave me, we closed it that afternoon. They're sponges and it, it, it was, it's just so nice. They drive 40 to 50 minutes every single day
2: to come down to our training sessions. It's amazing. That's awesome. And, uh, and, uh, and what's amazing is that you open your Door to let them in, and, uh, and you know, and, and you are actually sponsoring them, but you know, and you are doing it for free. You not get there's nothing out in it for you. It's not as if you know I promise you some free out or on a television show or anything like that. I mean, the show's done, and no one sees all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I really appreciate you looking after them. And They are a good family. I mean, I, I guess um, you know it's a TV show, and and we have to show all the issues that surround this family, and we have to show it, you know, warts and all. And I think it was important in the beginning to sort of show, I mean you remember when we first met them and Stephanie was doing these promos with uh, like sort of uh channeling, um, Binny Irwin. Irwin mate. And, uh, it wasn't, wasn't all that clever, but, uh, but she is a good girl and she's a very, and you're right. She's obsessed with getting things correct. Mm. And to be frank with you, I think she's going to be a great real estate agent. I mean, a really good real estate agent, like one of the best, particularly in Moreton Bay. Can I just ask you then, what do you think about the name, Ubiquitous? I mean, or just naming generally. I mean, obviously, you operate under a big franchise, a big Australia-wide franchise. They're probably they're in other countries, Ray White. So, yeah. But you operate under a big franchise. It's slightly different except you, Matt Lancashire, you become part of the brand. So Matt Lancashire brand is also very important too. How important is it to get the, the brand right and the name right? Oh
3: it's crucial that's the that's the front like to get the phone calling I th- I think it was detrimental like I think their name was detrimental to their how they were going at that point of time um Orton Bay real estate I think it's a name that they it's transferable they can use it all through uh, across locations as well so it's not just uh, leaving them in deception bay it's it's opening their market up to all of that sort of bayside area um, I think the branding's fantastic. I think their uniforms were awesome. Yeah, um, I was pretty happy good. to see those, those polo shirts go. Totally. Uh, Especially and, the bright pink thing going on. But you know what? They're, they're running at it now and they're so, they're so keen to make this happen. And I, I think, you know, after the first meeting, you asked me a question, do I think they're going to make it? And I said, I'm not sure. Yep. They are 100% going to make it. They I are. And and they they're gonna and Stephanie said something to me r- really interesting on the phone. Cause I had a lengthy conversation with her the other night, and she said, "You know what, Matt? The thing is, what I think everyone misses from this is I'm not doing this to to become a millionaire or make money." She goes, "I actually just really love my job, and I love helping people, and anything that comes from it's just a byproduct of what we do."
2: Yeah, she's a good person. I mean, she's I mean, she's I tell you, she's great for television. She's a funny, she's a lark. I mean, ter- seriously yeah. funny she's great was great for that particular episode uh but she is a good hearted person she's mm. quite soft, but she's a very good hearted person, quite emotional and The thing I get from her, and the rest of the family too, by the way, is that they're doing it for their whole family. you know I mean you just said it you said it earlier, you went for a period in your career where you had a whole lot of borrowings and you had to do something to get yourself back up now, probably a lot younger than they were. Um, and probably less responsibilities in that, you know, this wasn't your last shot at it like it is for Eric and Sharon. Um, but I think them actually having gone through those dramas and those troubles during the GFC period where they lost a lot of money will actually be something that will benefit them in the future because they are doing it for all of the family, not just one, mm. in one individual. They are doing it for the family as a group. For that, And Stephanie's doing it for her mother and father to get self-esteem and actually to retire comfortably. And I love that. That's it's, it's a real family, a real family driver. It's really seriously powerful stuff if they get it right. I mean, I guess you're getting that from Stephanie too, her love of her family.
3: But even, even this show, Mark, is, um, is the, the sort of the wake-up call that they needed. Because if you weren't involved or you didn't go in, they'd be doing the same thing. They'd probably make the same amount of money next year, like $40,000 in the first 18 months. Is You, you can't survive. Totally. And, um, you know what, I, I've been talking to them a lot and I think this whole experience for them is going to be life-changing because they now know what they need to do. They've got the training, they've got all everything sorted. And I think they're going to come out the other end. And I think the show in their marketplace, if they market themselves correctly around it, they're just going to get in the, because they just showed their true colours. They're actually really lovely, genuine people and people want to deal with genuine, lovely people.
2: Can I ask you a question? Like, I, was, I went up there four or five weeks ago. I can't remember how long ago I was now, but I was up there a month after and it didn't, we didn't actually show it on the TV, on the program last night, but I stayed with them for a day. And um, one of the things that um, Curtis told me was that, and I found it very interesting, is that 40% of all the inquiries that come through for real estate in Moreton Bay comes out of Sydney. Mm. And, um, which is another reason why Moreton Bay real estate is a good name. Cause if you're in Sydney and you're searching properties in Moreton Bay, Moreton Bay real estate is going to come up first. And everyone, search. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought to myself, well, that's a co- sort of an interesting thing. And that tells me, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but that tells me that people in Sydney are interested in buying real estate in Morton Bay. in fact, I had a meeting with two of my sons and uh, my younger sons and, um, we were talking about well, where can we buy? All of us, but together, buy a property for three, four hundred, five hundred thousand in that territory, and a house. I'm talking about, and mm-hmm. you know, I said, well, wait, why don't we consider up there Because it's nice, you know, there's near the water. It's not that far from the airport. Um, you can buy a house for that sort of price. It all sounds pretty reasonable to me, and um, and then I thought to myself, well, how would I find a property? Then I immediately thought of I've, I've thought of the Morton Bay real estate. I thought, well. I'm also ask them because they are good quality genuine people, and one of the things I got out of meeting Curtis, he told me that stat, is that Curtis is quite a smart, quiet, but he's very quiet, but he's a smart guy when it comes to doing his research. And I wonder whether they could actually start promoting themselves as experts in Morton Bay real estate, and maybe even offer to be a buyer's agent. In other words, say, let's say my family, my two sons, the two particular sons who are interested. Um, Alex Boris, Dane Boris, listen, if you're looking to buy a property in Moreton Bay, why don't you contact us? We might help you as a buyer's agent. Because if you're a buyer's agent, that means you've got buyers, (laughs) clearly. That all of a sudden makes vendors quite interested in you because they say, well, hang on, who's got the buyers? Because that's all all the listing, uh, sorry, that's all the vendor wants to know. Who's the agent who's got the buyers? Would that be right? Is, is that how vendors are? They're looking for the agent who can find the yeah. buyers?
3: Oh, absolutely. The only one issue is um, that they might have a little bit of conflict with being a buyer's advocacy and also selling as well. So there might be a bit of conflict of interest between that. I'm not sure what the rules are with the Office of Fair Trading surrounding that. Um, because you can't be supporting both sides or re- receiving remuneration on both sides. Yep.
2: Um, so they might have to be a bit careful on that, but absolutely. like, Well, we, if they, let's say they're not, let's say they say, listen, we will be a, not a buyer's agent and such, in other words, going actually buying. Mm-hmm. What I meant by that is supplying information and data that's on the what, website. It's what everyone should be doing. Yeah. Like, and, and because, you know, I, I think fine Morton Bay quite an interesting place to buy because it's. Still reasonably priced. You can buy a house. House is always better than real apartments as far as I'm concerned because mm. um, I like land. I'm Greek and we love land. And <laughs> um, I don't really like airspace as much as land, but I do like airspace, but I prefer land. And uh, and I like to be near the water. I like to be, you know, in that reasonable price range where people can still afford to borrow money. Mm. Um, I like to be reasonably close to the airports and cities if that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of new roads, as you know, going in up there. In fact, they used to... Because the roads are getting built between Brisbane and um, Moreton Bay, they used to, I used to have to travel there every morning from um, from Brisbane City when I was doing the show. And uh, it took me ages because the roads are all under construction. But in due course, those roads are all going to be done. And you'll be able to get up there pretty quickly, relatively mm. speaking. If it's only 40 minutes away, it's still, you know, if, if you drive from where you live to work and it's only 40 minutes, that's sort of still acceptable, certainly acceptable in Sydney anyway. Mm. In fact, in Sydney, you drive for an hour and a half, two hours sometimes. So... I'm going to go to the break. When I come back, I just want to talk to you about some of the things that we think you and I can just sort of toss around that might be able to actually help the Moreton Bay real estate guys do better in their business. And I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to ask them, listen to this, them to listen to this podcast and I'm going to take some of these things back to them and uh, and I have a chat to him again about saying, well what about you thinking about what about thinking about doing this cuz Matt and I have been sort of spitballing here for an hour mm. and uh, and just sort of see if we can come up with some more ideas for him and by the way if you're a listener to this podcast and you have got some ideas come on to the we- uh, mentored website mentored.com.au and tell us what your advice might be you know maybe you could give us some ideas about the sorts of things we can pass back to the family to sort of help them improve their business because this is what we're trying to do is try and make their business better so we're just going to go to the break and be back in a minute matt we're back mate uh i really want to now talk about uh what sort of things mate do you reckon you would do if you were now if you moved to morton bay and you now own morton bay real estate and you wanted to take on all the big names up there and take on the world, and you just wanted to you know, build such a, a big and important and significant business in that region. Is there anything you would be doing right now, apart from all the training, et cetera, that you're helping them with? What would you be doing? Profiling is a massive thing
3: for them. Um, I think marketing themselves, I really loved at the end of the show, I love seeing them going to the surf club. Um, I think that the, the community engagement is, is a really crucial part. Being a new business, they've got to get their name out there and they've got to get it out there really quickly. So I think first and foremost, they've got to go and look at what works in that area. So it might be the print. So if they go into their local paper, I think rather than profiling themselves, um, I think they need to get a lot of listings and put it in there to show that people that they, are, they need to grow that market share. Um, once they grow the market share, they grow the profile, then they can start profiling themselves. So I think you need to get a few runs on the board. Um, so I think the first thing they should do is really work on getting more stock, um, and processing it and getting more signs out in the marketplace. Those signs are awesome. Their colors are great. You know, and if they had, you know, 20 listings all around that one area with a heap of signboards out there, it's going to change their, their profile. So there's a, there's a business down in Sydney. Um, I'm not sure if you know, uh, Alexander Phillips. Yep. He's a, yep. so when they started their company, he went across from, uh, Bresic Whitney and they started their own business across, I think they're Bronte and. Yeah, all yeah I area. know Bresic Whitney guys. Yeah, so when he went over to the Phillips Don, Donnelly Panzer yep. group, Panzer. they yep. went out and they they got all of the clients that they know in their marketplace and said, "Do you mind if we put up signs in all of your yards for the first for the first weekend of launching?" And they went and put 200 signboards out in the marketplace just to springboard it. They could look at doing something That's like clever. that. And it was a really clever idea and their market share grew from zero to having the biggest amount of market share. I think they've got some, like Alex has got like 70% market share in Bronte and he's covered
2: that and obviously the number one real estate agent in the country. How do you know so, this stuff? I mean, how how, I mean, how do you know this stuff that's going on in Sydney? How do you know about uh, Don, Phillips, Donnelly and uh, Panzer, Bresick, Whitney? I mean, how do you know this stuff? Because I meet with them all. When? So
3: when oh, you... I I ring them I ring them and ask them can I spend some time with you and I'll go down to Sydney and spend some time with uh, with Alexander he's the, he's a number one guy
2: in the country so why wouldn't you go and sit and but, spend some time uh, with cool. him That's cool so you 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 you're you're pretty ballsy you don't mind sort of reaching out and just saying I'm coming can I come and talk to you and if they say uh, no it doesn't matter really
3: but there's they 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 would like to get some information from me as well so alex's uh, average sale price will run, he's about a 4 million average sale price um i've sold a couple of properties over 10 he wanted some information on how to submit for some of those bigger properties so we share information obviously i get a lot more from him than what he gets from me um but i, don't know I fl- about that. But I've flown him up to come and talk to my team. Um, all of those things. So our training sessions, like we've, I'm running a program called Zero to Hero at the moment. So it's a, about finding uh, people stories that. They started from nothing and have built it up to become a hero. Um, And we get real estate agents from all around the country, the best, uh, come and talk to the team. So, yesterday we had a a, a lady, Judy O'Day, who works for Space Real Estate. She's amazing. So, she's one of the top agents in Brisbane, um, came and shared her stories, uh, which is fantastic. About why she started in real estate? How she started, what she did. She had a retail background, um, failed business, um, went bankrupt, got into real estate, and now she's, you know, one and a half to $2 million now uh gavin rubenstein's a good mate of mine i know Gab, yeah. He sold a lot of so, properties for me so gav's um you know i spend a bit of time with him i talk to him
2: a lot um he's so from Bonda, could... down in bondo beach isn't he he's double bay double bay because he was double... a bondo beach at one stage because he uh he's a mate of one of my sons or oh, he's a mate of all my sons um is um he, which which agent was he from he's like, ray ray white ray white okay yeah i know ray white, he's, double he's bay. He, he sold properties for me he, he's one of like the top eastern suburbs property sellers is that would that be right Definitely. Yeah. He drives a really flash car. Yeah, I
3: think he's just got a new flash car, too. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> exactly. I know the
2: dude. I know the dude. Yeah, yeah I know. He's only young, too. He is young. Yeah, so, that, I think that, he's, so you reach
3: out to all these guys? All of them. Good. Yeah, on absolutely. You. So, and then obviously, you know, the big real estate conferences like ARIC, um, you know, that John McGraw put on yep. is amazing. There's the best speakers. I was fortunate enough to speak at that last year. Uh, yeah. 5,000 5, people. Pretty. Nerve wracking, um, but it was great. You know, twenty twenty minute time slots not enough. I needed in an hour, I think. But
2: you know, we I got my points across. Yeah, tell you, you just hit on a. You just hit on a name, there, John McGrath. Um, John's had a bit of a rough go in the newspapers of late, and mm-hmm. um, I reached out to him when I first read it. I'm going to say this to you, and I'll say it on air now. As far as I'm concerned, John McGrath is the best real estate salesman that I've ever met in my 40 years of being in business. Mm -hmm. He's also to me, one of the best motivational speakers and or presenters that I've ever met in my 40 years of business anywhere in the world. And I've Mm -hmm. seen him all around the world. And he's also a bloody good guy. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't give a damn as a, potential vendor or as a potential buyer of real estate, I couldn't give a damn about whether he's has a bet or doesn't have a bet. I don't really care. I don't care about the share price, share price of McGraw shares. I, like if I was selling something and it was a super expensive property, he is, he is one of the first people I would t- talk to. Mm-hmm. And I actually text him that. And uh, and I think that in this country it's too easy to put the boot into people because of well I know their lifestyle. Or it's just too easy to put the boot into people when – uh, the people writing the articles don't realise how many people this individual like John has inspired in his life. I mean, mm. I don't know if you know the guy, but I he, do. I've
3: reached out to him. He's he's given me time. I I got his number. His he he's changed the landscape of Australian real estate. You know, he he took his marketing and his business to the next level, and he's the most generous person I know with time. You know, I'm from a different brand, and I rang him and I said, "Look, I've got my top." Um, 10 salespeople, I'm bringing them down to Sydney to go and meet with various people, do you mind if I have an hour of your time? And he had us in his boardroom and spent the time to actually talk to us about what's important in real estate. Like he's a, he's a legend, absolutely. And I, and I agree with you. I, I think it's a bit rough. Um, what's going on at the moment, and you
2: know what it's um he'll he'll bounce back from it and come back ten times harder. I know the guy he could I said to him you know this could be one of the greatest recovery stories of all time it well because it, it, I know him he's determined it will be it won't, it's not a it's not something that we think will happen it will definitely happen he's, and that's funny you just say that because like here's an example of what we're talking about like I mean the show for me the the, t- the TV show the mentor is not about me it's about the family who you spoke to and it's about the people like you the experts the mentors so you know, really what i'm trying to do here is show to the viewing public that there are people who are bloody fantastic at what they do and who make a lot of money and have got great businesses and have gone through all the struggles etc but at the end of the day they're happy to pay it forward for no reason not because they want to be on television they're just happy to pay it forward you're on tv for five minutes But you've been spending, after the show, after we film, you've been spending weeks, months with Stephanie, still helping her out, still inviting her to the training sessions. And the reason for that is this. In this country, there is a great fabric of resilience and a great fabric of generosity. People like John McGrath, to you, he pays it to you because someone spoke to John at some stage and John pays it to you and you pay then forward to Stephanie. And that's what Australian small businesses do. And I'd rather change it around Australian significant businesses. You know these are the you know the small business owners in the world are the biggest employees in the whole world in this mm-hmm. country they are the biggest employers in this country people like you and they all paid for to each other and i have no doubt that when stephanie one day is sitting you know with a set of cans on her ears like you are right now hopefully she'll probably be talking to you but she won't be talking to me because I'll, I'll be well and truly gone and retired by then Hopefully, I've gone just retired, and uh, she'll be talking to you, and she'll be paying it forward to someone because she's the sort of person who has a generosity in her. Australian experts, Australian mentors—you're all, you're all mentors, and that you people learn, someone teaches you, someone helps you, and then you feel this obligation to pay it forward, and uh, and you do it generously. I mean, what do you think about that? Oh,
3: I just think that's the way that that it should all be. I think um, for me. One of my drivers is real estate has got this really bad tarnished name. Unfortunately, they say it goes used car salesman, real estate, then new car, and then lawyers. They yeah. say that's the pecking order. Yeah, yeah. Um, and mortgage brokers get in there some and, too, by, we, the way, by the way. <laughs> and I think um, what I want to try to do, one person at a time, is change that. Um, be, and I, and I want to rally against. It's so easy to get a real estate license. Like literally, it's a four day course. And you can go and sell people's most prized possession, where it's the only tax-free haven um, in a principal place of residence, and they just throw out these licences that people can go and try and sell it. And I think it's that's I, I think that's wrong. Um, so I'm trying to change it a person at a time, and. I'm really passionate about the industry. Not only you know it's been very good for me and for my family financially, but also as a whole, I want to leave a bit of a legacy. Um, just in Brisbane, anyway. I'm not, I'm not uh,
2: half as good as
3: um, some of the guys
2: down. Mate, in Sydney, right now, but you, right now, you are leaving a legacy across Australia because I'm telling you, hundred thousand people are going to download this next, this week, and probably seven or eight hundred thousand people watched you last night on television. So you are doing a good job laying down your foundations across the board. I'm telling for, you right now. For
3: those twelve seconds, it was great, mate. But doesn't matter. I'm going I'm
2: to be. I'm going to be pr- promoting this like hell because, as far as I'm concerned, a 37-year-old man sitting there with the maturity that you're sitting there with, with the, offering the generosity that you're offering, you're offering me right now on the show, on this podcast, and on the TV show, and to someone like Stephanie, you are not only talking the talk, but you're walking it, mate. And at the same time, you're going out there and you're still doing all the things you did maybe five or ten years ago you're still doing those things with a lot of discipline you don't ever stop doing what you do all the time is that correct that's that's
3: very kind of you what you said but yes we don't i don't change the formula i've got the formula
2: um
3: i've got all of my non-negotiable things that i do every single day all of my kpis and i still follow my kpis um and there's only a there's only a handful of things that i do every single day um which i know will give me the same result and my my phone bill is I get it, I'm with Telstra, my phone bill, depending on the size of it, is a, there's a tr- direct correlation with how many pages my phone bill is to my income. That's interesting. That really. Yeah, that's a, 100%. that's an interesting data correlation. Hundred percent. So if I'm not making anywhere between uh, uh, seventeen hundred to twenty one hundred calls a month, um, my, business, my my income will be down. What an interesting so I, stat. Yeah. So it's between fifty and eighty connects a day to people. That's and, what I do every single day. And this
2: is for listings and or and or. This is our p- actual. This sale? is two potential sellers, people right. that are property owners. And how do you find them? I mean, how do you know if someone's a potential property seller? Uh, they
3: come through my open homes. Is yep. generally one of the big ones. And there's only three reasons why people come through your opens. One, they're looking to buy. Two, they're looking to sell, and they're interviewing an agent. Three, they're looking for ideas, and they own a property, and they'll be a future seller. So I've just got to
2: ascertain which one of the three they are. So that database is pretty important. Massive. And, and, and therefore collecting the data correctly is really important. Absolutely. And how do you ensure that?
3: Uh, so when they come through the opens, basically grab their first name, surname, uh, email, phone number, and then we'll go back RP data, price finder and find out what property they own. And then if they own a property within our core areas, then we just keep that relationship going. So it's not about getting them to sell their house to you straight away. It's about building a relationship. So if you're a new agent and you're trying to door knock someone's house, and you walk up to the first door and you say to them, oh, g'day, um, I'm Matt Lancashire, Ray White New Farm. What's your name? You say, Mark, hey, do you want to sell your house? You're pretty much going to tell me to piss off. Correct. It's about building that relationship. So I'm not here to you know, sell you anything. I'm not here to ask you for anything. I'd just really love to. So if you got a young guy, knock on your door, said, g'day, Mark, oh, I love your show. You know, I'm not here to ask you for anything. What I'm really keen on, I'm looking at making an impact in this marketplace. I'm here for a long time. Just want to let you know, you you might not be, um, you might not know that the property around the corner from you just sold for this price here. Really keen to keep the relationship. Do you mind if I keep you up to speed from time to time and give you a market report every quarter? You know, build that relationship. So give and- me value. For you, if you, yeah, yeah give yeah. you value, give you something, yeah, yeah. you know, so not trying free. to take something for free, yeah, not
2: without saying free, because I think free's, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, you know, the right think. word. But yeah, yeah, but I, but I know it's, it's not cost me anything and I might as well get it. I might as well yep. give you, the, And I'm reading, yep. I mean, you might give me an email every now or something every quarter, whatever it is it says, this is what properties in your street sold for. And I don't know, give me views on real estate. Is that what you're talking about?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was a guy, there was a guy on, um, uh, Point Piper. I won't mention the name, but it's a friend of Brian's who, had never once been contacted by a real estate agent, um, and a young guy knocked on his door and ended up selling his house for $27 million. <laughs> because, I know that property. Because no one had actually ever knocked on his door or connected with him, and he was the first person that connected and said, look, you know, would you consider selling? I built the relationship for a, for a few months and then said, oh, would you consider selling? He said, absolutely, sold it for $27 million.
2: That's interesting. I, I mean, that, that process of collecting data, I mean, especially in these days when, you know, um, software, et cetera, or the ability to collect data is a sort of a lot easier than it ever has been in the past. And to mine data, and yeah. then to communicate to, to the people on the data list, is a lot easier than ever has been in the past. And it, like, if we go back to Morton Bay Real Estate guys, I mean, there's a, that's a good example of where Curtis, the, the son, is very valuable because I think he's quite savvy when it comes to IT and data, and uh, and also I think he's also quite savvy when it comes to communicating with the people that get onto their data list. Mm. Um, data lists, and those data lists that you're talking about, that, that same principle could be applied if I own a retail shop. Let's say I own a retail shop in, uh, I don't know, Double Bay. It's probably not a good example. Let's say I own a retail shop in Morton Bay and um, I'm a coffee, coffee cafe delicatessen type shop. Um, you know, you could pretty much build, you know, like if, if, if I go and buy my coffee in Morton Bay, there's probably 10 places I can go and buy my coffee. I've got a choice of 10. So why would I choose any one in particular? I'm looking for something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And pretty much, like, I guess if someone somehow could get my data and started sending me a note saying, listen, you know, have you ever tried this new coffee that I discovered when I was on a trip to Brazil? And it's what they do is they put cayenne pepper in the bottom and they put – um, some, some uh, let's call it um, cinnamon in the bottom and then they put the coffee on top and the milk on top of that. Mm. Um, I'd get a bit curious and I'd start to think, well, why is that good for me? And if then the person who could send me the email sends out the data says, who's got the data list and actually says, the reason it's good for you is because um, those particular two spices are mood lifters and clearly coffee is a mood lifter. Mm. And if you start to understand that, you might say, should I might try that and I might go to that particular cafe. and Mm. or delicatessen. And when I do Mm. go there, I might buy something else as well as a coffee. That Mm. collection of data that you're talking about with your business is the same collection of data and and then mining the data Mm. with good value, which is, let's call it free, but good value. Mm. That's like such a strong proposition for every business. What do you reckon? Totally. Well, uh, prime
3: example of the retail thing you mentioned is, um, look, there's a very good business uh, uh, called Colexico. It's a women's shop in, in New Farm. And they've just opened the the men's branch of that Calexico man, and the owner of that Nikki, she's amazing, most uh, beautiful person, really high service. And she sent me a text the other day with a pair of shoes, a photo of some shoes, and she said, these would look really good on you, Matt. Um, what do you think?" And I huh. said, "How much?" She told, <laughs> told, told me how much?" And I said, "Yeah, done."
2: And they were delivered to my office within 15 minutes. That's awesome. Sam, I mean, that's so smart and so clever, but it's not a, that hard to do. It's sort of quite, Easy. Intuitive, quite intuitive. I just want to ask you about um, Brisbane, by the way, in terms of real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I went down to, um, I was up there, I can't remember when, but I, I went to get a coffee in Fortitude Valley. Uh, Valley mm-hmm. And um, what's the name of that street? Is it Eagle Street or something?
3: Oh, in the city? Yeah. Down on Eagle Street? Yeah. yeah.
2: That's mad. That's so cool. Brisbane is an
3: amazing uh, is an amazing city. It's so beautiful. The the property values are so undervalued compared to Sydney and Melbourne. Um, mm. but we've got some legs in the market too. We haven't seen the the big uh, boom at, like Sydney and Melbourne has seen. We've just been really constant and steady. Um, our only limiting factor at the moment is just employment. And I think that's the, the main thing, although there just was a news article released last week, uh, that they're looking at, at, positioning the Google headquarters in Brisbane. I'm not sure if you
2: saw that. I did. Well, and actually they, they were going to do it down here in, in Sydney in the technology park and the local council, uh, rejected or the state government or whoever it was rejected their proposition. So they've mm. got up and run and they're going to go somewhere else. Well, all we need is another
3: Google or another three of those, and Brisbane's off. We've got the new Queens Wharf going in, which is the big casino. I'm not sure if you've seen all of that. Nope. Massive. So where's huge, Queens Wharf? So it's on the other side, next to South Bank. Right. It's, okay. Uh, so it's an uh, ama- absolutely amazing. I think it's a. Two thousand room hotel, big casino. So that's going uh, ahead, or a it's it's being built as wow. we speak. Um, and look, I think I think Brisbane's got a long way, long a uh, lot of legs in it. So the area that I work is uh, New Farm predominantly, so yep. inner city, um, very similar to eastern suburbs, like sort of Double Bay. Yep. Median house sales price for a unrenovated cottage is about one point three. And then you know we've got some of the the most expensive
2: properties in Brisbane up over twenty million as well. So, well, you guys are smashing it. Um, If if you were talking to a young person who's twenty five years of age, and let's Mm -hmm. say they got they managed to somehow to get a a twenty percent deposit, uh, let's say, and they could afford to buy something for half a million Mm -hmm. in Queensland, where would you where where would you say go and buy? I mean, let's say it was your nephew or some of that, like a family member. (laughs) Where would you tell him to go and buy?
3: Yeah, I'd look sort of within 8K of the city. There's some fantastic areas north and south of the, of the river. I think Wavell Heights is a really good area in the in the north. Um, you can get some really good houses. I know you said before you like houses. I, I agree with you. Um, then there's areas on the south side like Dutton Park, uh, Annalee, um, Wollongabba, East Brisbane or always really good little areas. I think they're good pockets to invest in. Can you buy around there 500 grand? Uh, more probably around 600 650. Yeah, yeah, um, I think the further route you go, absolutely, you can with it probably 10 plus. You can definitely buy, um, a- anywhere. sides a really good area, close to shops, all of those sorts of things, and good, good rental incomes as well. Um, look, for a young person, I think that the hardest thing is in our office, we've we're in the middle of New Farm, uh, where you, you're looking at some of the guys are buying their first houses at a million bucks. And you know, they're going to be chasing the debt for a very long time. My business partner, Hazley was very clever. Every year, his one plan was to make a significant investment for himself, depending on how he went for that year. So if he had a pretty good year, he'd go and buy a house. If he had a decent year, he'd go and buy a unit. But every year, he did that. And he built up a portfolio of about 15, 16 properties. Um, and you know, obviously that the, they were lower priced areas, but over the time of holding them for 10, 15 years, he's seen the capital growth and they've always had good rental incomes coming through. Pay for themselves. Pay for themselves. So built a really good portfolio doing that. Whereas some of the young guys now, it's like, I know Tim Gurner was on, got smashed on the news about avocado and toast. Did you see that? no, 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 no. What happened? He's saying that, you know, the, the problem with the new generation of people is that they go out and they buy avocado on oh, toast yeah. every morning. <laughs> yeah.
2: That one's getting overused, but yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. But he's, um, but it's sort of true in the way that they should be going and buying properties and living, like buying properties consistent with what their income is, where there is they're going and they're going and buying, getting this debt. Like in Sydney, I don't know how they're doing it. Like how do people buy in Sydney? Like it's, it's crazy. Like you either got to have money, you got to have family money, or you've got to, you know, you've got to make a couple of million dollars just to, to live in
2: the Eastern suburbs of Sydney. And you can't, I mean, yeah. it's nearly impossible, mate. Like my, that's why my sons are saying, dad, why don't we invest up somewhere up in Queensland, up in Brisbane? Well, that, I've got precisely. a
3: solution, I've got a solution for you, you and your sons. Just come into New Farm in Brisbane and you can buy
2: an amazing home. For a fraction of the price that of, it is Sydney. in Sydney. Yeah, I know it's yep. ridiculous. I mean, down here is like well, it's nearly impossible to buy, for, for, especially for a younger person. Like, and, and it's harder to borrow money today, too, as you know. Um, and, but, but I'm, I'm a big fan of clubbing, like, uh, you know, family members or friends get together and they club their incomes or club their deposit and buy something. It's yeah, just okay. a good, good way to start off in the real estate game. Like, uh, yeah, there's no point. I don't think there's any point hanging out to the day if you can afford it on your own because that could be for a long time. Well, uh, in Sydney, yeah. yeah, totally. So you're better off joining up with family members or mates or, you know, clearly have an agreement between, you know, yourselves, what happens in the event that someone wants to leave, etc. But I think clubbing's a a big game and uh, one of the areas I like is northern New South Wales, I think is on fire now with all the connections through from Brisbane straight through to places like Ballina and beyond. Mm. Um, And Everywhere between Ballerin and Ballina and Brisbane, I think are areas which are starting to pick up quickly because you know there's just access, access to jobs, access to beaches, access, mm. access to holiday resorts, and you know, you know, I mean, and it's, I mean to be honest, the weather up there's beautiful. The traffic's not as bad. Um, the vibes good. I mean, I just I'm, I, and, and like if anywhere, especially outside of Byron, anywhere between anywhere 10 ks outside of Byron. it's yep. it's, it's really well priced. And you get, and pe- pe- everyone wants to go up there. But today a, a lot of people can work from home or work from, you know, industrial states, et cetera. They don't have to be working in the city either. I mean, unlike you and me, we have to work in the city. But a lot of people I know who run businesses, run them outside of the city, and we've got to start buying into those environments. Mm. Matt, um, I'm going to have to go now, mate, because uh, I know you've got to go to work and I've got to go work, but I, I want to say to you a, a, a big appreciation, like a massive appreciation for what you've done for me in the show what you've done for the family. Um, that's been brilliant, what you've done for them. And um, I think you're representative of a new generation of successful people in this country who have no problem whatsoever in sharing the great skill and knowledge you have and paying it forward. So a big pat on the back to you, mate. Thanks very much.
3: No, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. its um, It's been great and I've really enjoyed spending um, time with the family and... Um, on that, I'm going to continue to spend time with them, and um, you know I'm going to commit to them wanting to commit as well. So it's um, you know they really want to make it happen, and obviously this was the whole ethos of the show. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what
2: they do over the next couple of years. That's Matt Lancashire from Ray White New Farm, and anybody wants to buy real estate in the Morton Bay region, go to Morton Bay Real Estate and talk to my mates up there. Thanks very much.